Hello, and welcome to Spoonful of Sugar, where we use Disney movies to have meaningful conversations. I'm Austin. I'm Victoria. And today we're using Princess and the Frog to talk about work. And we're back! It's been a while since we've sat down in front of a microphone and recorded. Has it been like a month? Just about. Wow. Yeah, because the Aladdin one came out earlier in July, and then we posted the uh, one of our Patreon episodes mm-hmm. because we're in Florida. Yes. And we, uh, yeah, so we haven't recorded in like at least three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I mean, more than that. dehumanization is a pretty big topic, so. Yeah, Just but let people but, sit with that one for a bit. Yeah, but really, it was because we were on vacation that that was why we didn't record. So yeah, but yeah, but yeah, we are back with Prince, Princess and the Frog talking about work. I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victoria, how are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Do you want to inform our listeners on like, like update them on some life stuff? We're engaged. We're engaged. <laughs> And there it is. (laughs) Spoonful of sugar bingo. Does Victoria do the air horn noise? Check. I think we need to make that a thing at some point. Spoonful of sugar bingo. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we got engaged last week. We were on vacation and then you proposed. It was a crazy two weeks. And I'm very excited about planning a wedding and marrying you. It's going to be real fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were on vacation mm-hmm. two weeks ago, and then last week was the week, uh, last Tuesday was, uh, at least last Tuesday since we're recording this, was when I proposed, mm-hmm. and and then I, today I started back um, with with work, uh, professional development, but we started back today, so, and I'm getting over a cold, so yes. just a lot of things. There's a little congestion yeah, I'm That's like kind of a perpetually congested person anyway, but I think a lot of it was just coming down from the stress of the engagement. Yes. Not proposing to you, <laughs> but the planning of yes, it let's was very that. stressful. Yes. <laughs> and making sure that it worked out. Yes. And it did. It was great. A lot it of our did. friends came down. Your best friend drove down from Cincinnati mm-hmm. to, to be here. It's like five hours. I cried. A lot. Yeah, a lot of tears. <laughs> yeah. Happy tears. Oh, for sure. Lots of tears. <laughs> for sure. But it was good. It was great. So a lot's been going on. Yes. And it's been great. But I'm happy to get back into recording. Yes. And talking about work. Yes. Appropriately, as today was my first day back at work. That's true. It's very fitting. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, have Do you have a haiku prepared? I do. Okay. Ready? Yes. Hard work and a dream. She journeys through the bayou to find what she needs. Oh. See, use the good, word. Right? That was good. Use the word bayou. By, bayou. Bayou. Oh, wait, how do you say it? I think I, I'm, I'm saying it wrong. Bayou. 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 I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Bayou. <laughs> I bayou. I think I said it weird when I just said the haiku. I've but. been saying, so our professional development was on like parts of words like the individual sounds of words called like you know phonemes and graphemes and all that stuff and so i've been going sp ooh k t <laughs> like all day <laughs> so saying words is uh is, is a task right now but i you ah did you use the word by you too no but now i wish oh. i did and i'll read mine and now you'll know kind of why okay um oh i don't know how i would fit it in okay here's mine okay do to voodoo woo, Tiana finds the missing ingredient. Love. <laughs> Due to voodoo woo. Due to voodoo woo. <laughs> That's impressive. If I could like figure that out. Gets I don't know. I might I might rework that a little bit. See if I can't work bayou in there. Due to voodoo woo on the bayou. <laughs> I was, oh, Hold on. Hold I on. was pretty proud of the way that through Journeys through the bayou worked with mine. I was excited about Do that. Do to voodoo woo. Oh, I don't know. I'll work with it later. <laughs> I'm definitely going to work on that. Stay tuned for Austin's second haiku. For Well, maybe don't. I, don't, maybe know if, don't. I, I don't know if I'll make it or not. <laughs> Victoria's making false promises. We'll see. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so before we get into the movie and the theme, what is your relationship to uh, Princess and the Frog? Um, I love it. I feel like I start every that way. I also, you know what? We've, I mean, the princesses are fairly diverse. Mm-hmm. That's like last 30 years thing. Well, I mean, the princesses we've covered have been diverse. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like we've done a, like, every time I've said, I'm like, we love the brown princesses. <laughs> you know, that's true. But we've done women of color, and that's I guess the cool. princesses we've done so far are Moana, Jasmine. And? I don't know if Raya counts, technically. And then we did I Lion mean, Raya's King. a woman of color. Yeah. You I just mean, mean I just mean as like a princess. As a princess. But yeah, a, a protagonist, a woman chief. of color. She'll yes. she'll count. And then yeah, now she's a chief. She's like Moana. Yeah, she counts. Yes. And now we're doing Tiana. Right. So I feel like I've said the same thing every time, but we love the women of color. <laughs> um, also, Princess and the Frog always reminds me of one of my dear friends, Olivia. Shout out to you because I know that you're listening <laughs> um, <laughs> because she loves her. And I remember when we went to Disney a few years ago. I guess when you ask this question, what's your relationship to the movie? It's all, like my answer is always, what are my memories with this movie? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's what the question is. Okay, yeah. Um, and so we went to Disney a few years ago together, and she was so excited to meet her, and it was just so great. And Aww. yeah, it's the best. Olivia's so when did you best. first see it, though? <laughs> you know, I'm trying, or I was trying to think about that, and I don't remember the first time that I watched it. Really? Yeah. Like, Moana, I could tell you, the, which, I mean, Princess and the Frog has been out for a while now. Uh-huh. Um, I do remember, though, because I've gone to New Orleans once. I went in high school. And I don't remember if I had seen it before or after that. But anytime I watched it after going to New Orleans, I was like, I've been there. And, like, I mm. feel like it captures the culture really well, mm. um, mm-hmm. especially, like, they're going through the bayou. Um, we might talk about this a little more later. We're more focusing on work, but it's also crazy, like the racial disparity um, yeah. in New Orleans. That was a really um, prominent thing when I went, um, and that's kind of displayed in the movie as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, I love that, like Cajun culture and oh, Cajun food, <laughs> mm, yeah, gumbo. <laughs> that's right. Mm, so, yeah, I love it. Also, we will touch on this for sure, but Ray is one of the best Disney characters, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, 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 you like Ray a lot. <laughs> yes, so yeah. those are my thoughts. What's your relationship to the movie? <laughs> uh, so I didn't see it until, like, late college. Really? Like, I may have been, like, 23 when I saw it. Okay. Um, that was a little while after it came out, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, it came out It out. came out in 2009. I don't know why I remember that. Yes. Okay. There's just something, just some random facts that are, like, lodged in my brain. And for some reason, Princess and the Frog coming out in 2009 is one of those facts. I was literally Googling it as you said it. <laughs> is it 2009? And it is 2009. Yeah, it's weird. I'm I don't know why impressed. I remember that. I really don't know why I remember that. Which actually is the... I think it's the summer that I went to New Orleans. Oh, really? Yes. The summer of 2009? Yeah. So that was that's interestingly done. Yeah, I know it came out when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember wanting to see it, but it was like one of those things where it's like I couldn't tell people I wanted to see it because it was like not cool. Oh, yeah. And then like, mm-hmm. you get to college, and it's like, oh, all these kids who grew up on Disney are now, like, embracing their, like, nostalgic love for Disney. So then it was right. probably, like, cooler to do that. Or not cooler, necessarily, but more acceptable more to do it. More socially acceptable. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, but I, I didn't see it in theaters, and I didn't see it until, like, late college. And, mm. yeah, and it's not one that I've seen a lot. Um, it is one that sticks out to me because of its villain. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Facilier, yes. uh, I, I, uh, you know, I hadn't seen the movie, you know, again until a while after I'd come out, but I knew of, um, uh, the song, like I, I Googled or not Googled by YouTube, the, uh, the villain song, friends on the other side, so the funny. second I knew that, and it, the second I, like the trailer came out and I saw that, okay, this guy's the villain. Mm-hmm. I want to know what his song is. And so I YouTube mm-hmm. it like almost right away and. Yeah. Was not disappointed. It's a great song. It is a great song. Um, but for a while, that was the only thing I really knew about it was mm. the villain song. And then mm. I watched it, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. I enjoy it a lot. It's definitely not one of my favorite Disney movies. It's not one that I return to a lot. Mm. I think it's one of the most beautiful Disney movies. Mm. Like mm-hmm. the animation, the lighting is so gorgeous really in is. this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially like the fireflies, just the way the city is drawn, like mm. the lighting is just incredible. Mm. 
I'm so excited to see how they oh my gosh, do yeah, Splash Mountain. Yeah, they're redoing Splash Mountain to, uh, with Princess and the Frog as its theme, and it's I'm so, so excited to mm-hmm. see. That's that's a match made in heaven. Yes. I'm very excited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but it's, it's not a movie that I return to a lot. Um, and I kind of like, I don't really know why that is fully. I think maybe part of it is, at first I thought it was because like, the first time I watched it, I was a little confused about the the villain's plan speaking of dr facilier i was like kind of lost in his plan Mm. um because it's kind of complicated and we don't need to go super into it right now yeah but i remember being like okay so he has to so he has to kill big daddy because he's he's technically the king or he's like the king of the parade which makes him a king for a little bit He's and like one he, of the wealthiest men. He's in one of the wealthiest men. So if he kills him, and then the, uh, it, it's really like if you like, I guess like laid it out. I guess it does kind of make sense. It's just sort of like it's just a convoluted plan. I it feel was like, a very you know? roundabout way to get what he wanted. Right. You and, know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And and then there's also the fact that it, the movie takes place like in like the span of like three days, at least like the main plot. That's and so, so like true. that's like so it's like the whole thing of like Tiana and Prince and I being falling in love is just very quick. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's the case in like pretty much every Disney princess movie that they fall in love very quickly. Right. Um uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know exactly what the reason is. Hmm. But I do enjoy it. I do enjoy watching it every time we, we watch it. Mm-hmm. Um is it one of my top favorites? No, but I I do enjoy it quite a bit. And that's that's fine. It's great. Yeah. So our topic is work. So how do you see work show up in the movie? Yeah. I think the first thing I think of is that I hadn't really noticed until, again, this last time that we watched it. I noticed that it talked about work, but didn't realize the way that the different characters and their relationship to work Mm -hmm. was so prominent. Yeah. Um, So obviously Tiana... When she's young, um, after um, is it her mom reads the story to her and yeah. Lottie, and that's her name, right, Lottie? Lottie, yeah. yeah. After her mom reads the story to her and Lottie, she then goes home, and her dad talks about his restaurant, and then she sees a star, and she's like, "Oh, I'm, you know, if I, the story said that if I wished on a star, it might come true," and his dad was like, "Yeah, like you wish on that star," and he's like, "But also like hard work." Like, you have to put in the effort, uh-huh. which is very true. Yeah. <laughs> Things are not going to just come, in in some cases. In Tiana's case, um, it was not, you know, her dream of opening the restaurant wasn't going to just fall in her lap the way it might in somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so that lesson of, you know, you're going to have to work hard for things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just going to come, I think is a great one. Um, I think she kind of takes it to the extreme, um, which, I mean, she has to. She has to work hard to make the money to get the restaurant. Um, But we see a few scenes in that she is – she, like, gets home from work, falls asleep in her restaurant uniform, wakes up, changes restaurant uniforms, and goes to the other one. And then her friends ask her, like, Tiana, you want to go dancing? And she's like, I don't have time for dancing. And then they say, like, well, you know, we knew she was going to say no. And so that just kind of shows, like, while, yes, hard work is important, and, again, we can get into, like, the privilege, (laughs) um, uh, which we'll get to in a second, but of why she has to work so much harder for something that might be more readily available to somebody else Mm -hmm. that is not a black woman. Mm -hmm. Um, While she has to work that hard, she's also doing it at the expense of relationships. Yeah. Um, and her mom brings up that point. Um, and her friends bring up that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she finds what she needs. And um, Mama Odie's like, okay, you know what you want, but do you know what you need? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of Tiana's relationship to work. And then we see Lottie and Naveen, who Lottie asks, and she gets it. <laughs> you know? Right. And, she, and Big Daddy has enough money to probably pay for three of Tiana's restaurants. Yeah. Um, and Lottie doesn't have to yeah. work a day in her life. Right. Um, and Naveen has been cut off by his parents, so there was some kind of boundary there that was set. Right. Um, 
but then also kind of still expects things to come easily. And you kind of see Tiana and Naveen go through this like tension, you know, like chopping the onions. And he's like, well, I've never done this before. Um, And she's like, you've never worked for anything in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's interesting just seeing the difference. And I was thinking about Dr. Facilier. Mm. And if there was any way that the movie kind of shows his relationship to work and his is almost like, trying to cheat the system you know yeah i thought that was interesting because yeah. i'd never noticed that before yeah that's actually re- i hadn't thought about it either until you said that that's like kind of interesting how we could kind of view dr facilier through that lens of mm-hmm. this is a guy that he knows perfectly like i think he sees through tiana's mm. maybe like i don't know maybe like he was like tiana at one point like thought yeah i just need to work hard and things will work out for me but he knows like no a person of my background of mm-hmm. my race and my position is not going to get what hmm. I want out so of life. Have so I it. have to turn to voodoo mm-hmm. or to these dark spirits. Mm. I have to, I, yeah, like you said, I have to cheat the system in order to get what I want. That's a really interesting. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought of that. Yeah. I'd like to dive into a little bit more here in a bit, for sure. Yeah. So I think like a big thing that did come through as you were talking was like the relationship between hard work and the necessity for hard work Mm -hmm. and and privilege so you have naughty not naughty lottie Mm -hmm. lottie and tiana Mm -hmm. who are friends growing up and and yet it's a very interesting relationship Mm -hmm. between lottie and tiana because there are they are friends Mm -hmm. But it's it's a complicated. It's not mm. just they're, that they're friends. And I think the movie, because you know it's a a Disney fairy tale. I think it it doesn't go into it that much. It's just like, oh, they're friends from different backgrounds, and that's like really all it is. Right. But it is just so interesting mm. that Tiana's mom worked for Big Daddy mm-hmm. for. I mean, we don't know how long, but they, like long enough to where they have like a really good rapport mm-hmm. and like they're friendly with each other, mm-hmm. and that their daughters are best friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can assume at least for as long as Tiana's been alive, right? She's been working for Big Daddy, mm-hmm. and yet her family still lives in. It's small. It's a very small house, mm-hmm. and it's um, nowhere near the splendor of. Mm-hmm. Big Daddy's mansion, mm-hmm. and so it's just it's interesting, like that relationship that mm-hmm. it's not it's not equal, right. you know, and that's kind of like interesting. Yes, between I know we're not really getting into like that necessarily with this movie, but it goes into the whole work thing because you almost wonder like why doesn't Big Daddy fund Tiana's dream? Why doesn't he give her the money for the down payment? Mm, mm-hmm. And I guess to answer my own question, the thing that will come to mind first is Tiana's pride. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Tiana doesn't want Big Daddy's money because she wants mm. to get it herself. She to wants to prove that it. she can work hard. Mm. And like all these people who are doubting her, mm. that she can prove to. Yeah. And, and like and like her worth is tied up into it. Like her worth, I mean, her worth is tied up in her work. Yes. Mm. And that, that's seen a lot in you know, how she judges Naveen mm-hmm. uh, for not working a day in his life to, you know, whenever Mama Odie, like, tells her, like, you know, you you got what, you know what you want, but do you know what you need? Mm-hmm. And then she, her, her takeaway from that is, like, oh, I got to work harder. Mm-hmm. And so her worth is really tied up in to her work. So I'm wondering, maybe Big Daddy did offer, mm-hmm. I guess it's something we don't know, it's something we have to, like, kind of speculate about, but I'm almost wondering maybe Big Daddy did offer, mm-hmm to offer to pay to fund her restaurant and she's declined i mean i don't know mm. you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah because that's i mean hard work is from what we see it is like the main value that her dad instilled into her um i, I would say it's like yeah he instilled in her but i think she fixed like she definitely fixated on that yes. one lesson yeah. like her dad did show love and i don't think like, he didn't once say your worth is tied up in your work. No. Mm-mm. Which is definitely something that gets told yes. to us by, mm-hmm. you know, by the authority figures in our lives. Mm-hmm. But that was just something that Tiana latched on to. And then, like, there was his, mm-hmm. he had died in the war. And then just, like, knowing, yeah, she knows her own 
life situation. Mm-hmm. She knows that she has less privilege than than others, mm-hmm. and so she does have to work two jobs back to back with minimal sleep in mm-hmm. order to make this work because mm-hmm. that's uh, that's it's just what she has to do because that's the car that. Uh, that's the cards she's been dealt to make a little callback to Dr. Facilier there. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so interested in what you said about Dr. Facilier, though. Yeah. Because I didn't even think about that in that way, mm-hmm. that it's almost like he he knows the system very well. Mm-hmm. And he's, instead of trying to, like, rise above it, mm-hmm. he's trying to, like, undermine it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I mean, who else represents that more in that town than Big Daddy of mm. wealth and privilege and mm-hmm. not having to work? And I'm sure Big Daddy does have. I'm mean, sure he has like a job or whatever. But he does not. Mm-hmm. Like, like there are so many things that are working mm-hmm. with Big Daddy to get to his position, you yes. know. Mm-hmm. And I think Doctor Facilier just he just he knows that. Right. I guess like the one note that I do want to make about work in the movie is that by the end. Like, love is what motivates both Tiana and Naveen. Mm. Um, And, I mean, love for her father is definitely what motivated Tiana in the first place. Um, It just, like, that, like, her just laser-focused mission to fulfill that clouded everything else while in her life, including her own Mm -hmm. health, including her relationships. and so it became less about love and more about why well, I need to fulfill this dream mm. because it's what I wanted, it's what me and my daddy wanted, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go fulfill this dream. And that, that, that becomes her motivator, mm-hmm. whereas at the end it's like love for her father. She mm-hmm. rediscovers that and love for Naveen, like love for her family. Like, right. th- like that's her love for cooking in the first place and what it, right. and what it did for people, bringing people together. Right. That's when she's able to... Like that, that's when she's able to uh, approach work in a healthier way yeah. because she has just a she's just oriented herself in a way that is more directed through love both for others but also for herself yeah. and knowing that okay but my own well-being matters too my relationships matter me being loved matters mm-hmm. and so with that support mm-hmm. both from others that she has let in and from her just own self-love, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. what's able to keep her going right. um, and to uh, to build the restaurant yeah. by the end. Yeah. And she um, doesn't stop working either. No. Right. Like, she just, like you said, she has that. Obviously, we don't really see, like, the after, but we know that she's married. Right. Um, so seemingly would have a more balanced relationship between, like, work and family and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like it not just being about work 24-7. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like you have Naveen who, you know, that didn't work hardly at all mm-hmm. in his life. And then, but decides to work, like to make a meal and to make a fancy date for Tiana because he loves her. So I don't know, but by the end, it, yeah, <laughs> by the end it just shows that, you know, mm-hmm. the movie tries to say that, you know, work motivated by love mm-hmm. is healthier and probably more sustainable than mm. I like that. Work just out of sheer determination, even mm-hmm. though sheer determination is just, it's just sort of the reality of what other people have to do to survive, you know? And yeah. that's just, you know, mm-hmm. in our non Disney fairy tale world, that's, that's what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just, yep. This is what it is currently, right. you know? Yeah, that's so interesting. So this topic of work, what does it make you think about in terms of the world? <laughs> um, my first thought is hustle culture. Yeah. Um, and I want to like clap and be like, hustle culture, but I don't want to make that yeah. voice into the microphone. Work is such a big topic. It's interesting kind of seeing, you know, we talk about the relationships to work that we see in the movie. When I look at my life and I look at different people in different spaces that I've been in and the relationship to work. There is generally, societally, there's definitely this, like, there is a worship of work. Mm. Um, there is finding our identity in our work, our worthiness in our work, which, mm. like, finding some, I mean, like, what we do, it's important, mm. you know? Like, we spend 
a lot of our lives working. And so whether that's just a simple nine to five that you go to every day and you do work and then you don't think about it again when you get home and then you go back the next day and do it again, or it's something that you like really love and care about. Like it is a significant part of our lives. And mm-hmm. so it's not bad to have identity in our work. It's when it's the entirety of our den- of, of our identity yeah. in our work. Um, right. Yeah. And I also, I think too, something that's interesting and Tiana's a black woman and I am a Hispanic woman, both women of color, my relationship to work and the one that I grew up learning and seeing modeled by my family was one, you have to work, you have to work hard because Mm -hmm. the society that we live in is working against us Mm -hmm. and you just kind of have to bust your butt Mm -hmm. and you do that until the day that you die. And mm-hmm. if you get to retire before then, great. <laughs> right. But you might not. <laughs> right. Um, because you have to do what you have to do. Um, and so that can kind of get into some money stuff of like, okay, well, like you have to work to make money. And, you know, um, that's obviously a huge factor. But I have definitely found myself personally having a really unhealthy relationship with work. Mm-hmm. To the point where I'm running myself into the ground at the expense of myself, at the expense of my relationships to make money. Um, And so I guess I see, I resonate a lot with that part of Tiana's story. And this is getting into me a little bit. But in general, in the world, I can at least say for Hispanic culture, Latino culture, Puerto Rican culture, whatever, all the above, because I see it (laughs) in other Latin American countries as well. There is a very strong emphasis and placed on work. I would also say we're very hardworking people. The black community is also very hardworking people. Like, you know, but I think because so much energy is spent on work, I don't know, it comes at the expense of other things. Mm. Um, And we see that in the movie and we see that in the world. Um, And I think we're seeing it a lot with people burning out. Yeah. Especially. Um, And hustle culture, there's levels like you hustle. Absolutely. Like you just, you have to. Right. But not when it is at the expense of you. Um, right. And I think that's the problem. Like, keep grinding, keep going, da-da-da. Some of that's great. But also, it's very important to rest. <laughs> yeah. It's very important to take a break from work and recognize that our lives are more than our work. And we can make money at work and then go and spend that money <laughs> and enjoy life, you know? Yeah. Um, as long as the bills are paid. Like, you know? Um, I don't know. That can get into a whole other conversation on money and things like that. But hustle culture is the biggest thing that I see. And I see Tiana running herself into the ground. And I see most of our world running themselves into the ground. Whether it's to achieve a certain status with work, to, to you know get a certain promotion, to get a certain amount of money. Again, right. not a bad thing. But what extreme do we take that to? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, just totally different cultures also interact with um, hustle culture or just work in general. Like Mm -hmm. I have a friend who she's a teacher. uh, She teaches English in Japan and she um, took a day off. Mm -hmm. I guess she took like a sick day Mm -hmm. or like a mental health day. Mm -hmm. And um, my other friend was like, you know, talking to her and they were like, Oh, you, you took a, you took a personal day. And she was like, yeah. And they're like, is that a, a thing you do a lot um you know if you need, like a mental health day are they they cool with you like you know doing that and she said oh no no like you you never take off mm-hmm. like what i'm doing is weird yeah in japan like it's just weird right you just you don't do that you mm-hmm. you work even if you're dying yeah basically if you're sick whatever you go to work yeah you just you muscle through it and you mm-hmm. just you show up to work because it's what's expected right Mm-hmm. working in education that's that's a huge thing that i see a lot and like and and it is becoming I, I think it is starting to decline a bit this mindset but especially with teachers and i think i'm almost wondering if like if it's because we get like summer breaks if there's like almost like this mm-hmm. guilt and this feeling like oh we have to like overwork mm-hmm. when we're not at work mm-hmm. and it's even inspected i mean i'm i'm pretty fortunate in that it's not it's not in the culture of my school to expect you to stay super late. Mm. Like if you leave at, you know, when the day ends, the school day ends, like mm-hmm. as long as you get all your work done, mm-hmm. no one's going to really stop you. You know, right. it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but there's some schools where, you know, you're kind of, you're not, they're not going to force you to stay late, but if you don't stay late, they're going to notice. Right. And the ones who do stay late, 
and work all this overtime are like the better employees because mm. they're doing all this like unpaid labor and they care more. Right. Instead of, you know what? No, it's, it's, it, the day's over. I'm not getting paid anymore. I'm going to go home <laughs> and take care of myself. Boundaries are good. There's this <laughs> terrible, terrible, um, inspirational, and I put that in quotes, this inspirational quote that's like, that went around for a while. Uh, let me pull it up real quick, just so I get it verbatim. <laughs> so the quote that went around is, a good teacher is like a candle. It consumes itself to light the way for others. <laughs> so meaning like, you know, a teacher will burn his or herself out and deplete their energy and like just, you know, sacrifice themselves so that our precious children can learn and grow and flourish and better the future at the expense of like their own health. Yep. And like and but and like as crazy as that sounds, like mm-hmm. saying that, like that sounds ridiculous, but that is the that is the mindset yeah. of a lot of a lot of teachers and a lot of and like myself even for mm-hmm. like when I was in college, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, work so hard, I'm gonna stay late like mm-hmm. all the time. And at that like at that point in my life, it wasn't seen as something like, oh, that's terrible. It was like that's like a virtue. Yeah. That's like oh, because I care so much. It's honorable. But then like once I got a teaching job, mm-hmm. actually probably a little bit before that too, honestly. But by the time I got a teaching job, I was like, oh no, that's that, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that's like not. Yeah. That's like not possible. Never mind the fact that kids are exhausting. <laughs> oh, kids are yeah, kids are very exhausting. And I love children, but they are. Exhausting. They're a lot. They're a lot. <laughs> they're great, but they're a lot. <laughs> yeah, but just um. People who burn themselves out and work all this overtime are seen as they're they're better. They are mm-hmm. held up to a standard of like, oh well, these people care the most. Right. They're gonna drop anything to do what the boss needs them to do. And you know? then and then the person who just works their work hours is like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just lazy or they don't yeah. care as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's not it's not healthy. It's not good, and it, it, it yeah. is starting to fall away a bit. I will say. It's I not, do think so. Yeah. It's not, at, at least in the teaching world, it's not as bad as it used to be. Mm-hmm. I think people are kind of starting to see that, okay, this actually is not feasible as a way of life. And you know what? If that brings you livelihood, if that is the thing that you're like, I want to spend all my time doing this and dedicating myself to this cause, if it's not at the expense of yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I do kind of want to like challenge no. that more. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is different, though, which is why I say, yeah. like, you know, someone may want to come home and, you know, they really love teaching and they really want, you know, their best thing for the next day. And so, I mean, yeah. what appropriate boundaries look like with work is kind of up to the individual person. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to, like, judge Yeah, that. I mean, I, I, I do think, and, like, some people, I guess I would want to ask, like, why are you working so hard? And there's some people who I think are, like, self-aware enough to know yeah, I'm working because it distracts me from mm-hmm. other things that are going on, and I would rather do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. fine. Right. I'm not going to make a judgment on that, you right. know? Yeah. It just it, it just it just irks me when people work hard and, like, do all this extra stuff to mm-hmm. be like, well, I'm a harder worker than you, and I'm better. Right. That's when it, that's yeah. when it drives me nuts. For sure. And then, I mean, that, that's just annoying, but mm-hmm. then when it's, like, a – like system or society wide expectation or value, mm-hmm. then it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, no wonder we feel all this guilt for right. taking all this time off for calling off when for we're calling actually off on, sick or like, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I feel that in myself when I, I get like, I feel defensive when people mm-hmm. be like, Oh, don't you get like a whole summer off? And then I feel like, Oh yeah, you know, but you know, it's yeah, but I, you know, I've been doing this this summer and I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's hard during the work during the school year and yes you know, also trying side to fig- note just because teachers have a whole summer off doesn't mean the rest of the year isn't exhausting <laughs> yeah and i mean <laughs> and also like i don't know like like yeah i mean that that, that that's that's my schedule and yeah mm-hmm. it's it's great and i love that yeah there are benefits to there's it there's benefits sure. to it it's and it's like and even like now i'm getting like a little defensive it's like it's a crazy it's like just a part yeah it's so bones deep you know yeah but I was just going to say, like... Even when I'm siding with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just imagining someone not. But it's... 
uh, this kind of brings me to the second thing I was going to say, because I was going to talk about how we orient, like, rest and how we kind of plan out the work week. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to bring up, like, the the major thing that I thought about with the world was the four-day work week trial that was in Iceland Mm. for, it lasted from 2015 to 2019, so about four years worth of data. Um, I didn't realize it lasted that long. Yeah. Wow. um, It, they, um... They said it was an overwhelming success, like going from the four-day work week model in Iceland. Mm. And so a three-day weekend. Um, it mainly, like the workers that they mainly pulled from were uh, preschool, preschools, offices, social service providers, and hospitals, mm. and others. But those were like some of the big ones. And the trials led unions to renegotiate working patterns. And now 86% of Iceland's workforce have either moved to shorter hours for the same pay or will gain the right to, the mm. researcher said. So this is on the, the BBC. This is the, the article that the BBC wrote up about it. But they went to that four-day work week, and there was not a drop in productivity. If anything, I think there was like an increase in productivity because people were not burnt out. Yeah. I mean, and you think of those professions too, teachers, social services, nurses, those are some those of are, the most yeah. um, prone to like burnout hospitals don't occupations. Close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's wow. like, like hospitals don't close, you know, and mm-hmm. grocery stores don't close, but just mm-hmm. the keeping people on like a shift rotation of only working four days mm-hmm. and having a, giving, having a guaranteed three day weekend mm-hmm. just improved morale. That's by so much. And it just goes mm-hmm. to show that like, I feel like in our society, there is this um, idea that you have to earn rest. You have to earn the weekend. You're working for the weekend. Yeah. When, when it's, it, it no, no. Right. Rest and time for our loved ones, time for ourselves, take care of ourselves, take care of mm-hmm. whatever it is that, that matters to us. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the orientation of our lives mm-hmm. and work is a part of it and work can be integrated into that mm-hmm. but work is not the thing yes and so often work is the thing i mean the way we ask kids like we want to be when you grow up right. like as if like that's that's who you're going to be that's the orientation of your life or the first question we ask people is well what do you do yeah our society is so centered around work too that it's almost hard to imagine oh it's a so situation hard i think that's like it's not the main thing of our lives oh yeah and i think if we like tried to go to a four-day work week here in america it'd be like people would be like what what do you mean yeah like that would be a radical Mm -hmm. reshaping of the whole just our whole lives here yeah but man but man i think we would be be better for it i really do think we would i agree and not like trying to cram okay that means we have to cram more work into those four days like no same Mm -hmm. amount i don't know right it would be it'd be wild but sounds like iceland's doing something right (laughs) as usual (laughs) (laughs) okay so we've uh, we've already kind of touched on work in our own lives um, a little bit but is there anything else you wanted to add to that that you talked about you know your own experience as a Hispanic woman and just how work is valued in Hispanic culture but is there anything else you wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about Yeah, I think we've hit on it quite a bit, but for me, one of the biggest things I've had to evaluate is who I am outside of my work. Yeah. Like, who am I outside of what I do? Um, Because like we just said, like it, we don't have to earn our place here Mm. as humans or our rights, (laughs) Right. but our society is so oriented toward work that it is like, well, no, you have to earn you have to yeah. work hard and earn it. Right. Um, and not to say that there isn't value in hard work. Obviously there is. Um, and I do think teaching children the value of hard work is important. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I know I keep, I'm beating a dead horse here, but never at the expense of ourselves. Right. And I think that is where we are. I think that's what I see in my culture. And I think... Like, I've burnt out. (laughs) Like, I know that for a fact. That is just where I am. And I'm, you know, I love the field that I'm going to go into. I'm working on my master's in social work to be a clinical social worker, um, to be a therapist. Um, And I love that. But I've also gone way too deep into that and let myself, let the pursuit of money or the pursuit of, you know, trying to help other people almost like, 
rob me of what's going on now. Like, right. rob me of my present. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, I guess, like, what I take away is I know that I am a person that tends to overwork. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's value in being a hard worker, and I can acknowledge that I'm a hard worker, but I also don't need to find myself or I don't need to find my worthiness in my work. Um, and so this just kind of reminds me to keep that in check. <laughs> um, yeah. And remember also that it is it is okay for to ask for help. That is, it was interesting that you mentioned the pride thing with Tiana. That's not really something we get to see in the movie, but I know that in our, in my culture at least, you work hard for what you have. Right. Um, and I see that in American society, like you have to work to earn it and asking for help is not okay. <laughs> but there are times when it is okay and it's necessary because we need each other, you know? Well, I mean, I, I would say it's always okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, j- j- just to clarify, I think what you're saying is that it's not, it's never okay to, like, you're not, you're not saying it's not okay to ask for help. Yes. It's just that is like what is kind of, uh, not directly taught to us, but it's like kind of assumed by what we're shown, yeah. you know, that you have to be self-sufficient and you yes. have to be, you know, whatever. Yes. And, you have oh, to just figure it out. That could be a whole other conversation about how we are like taught to be self-sufficient. And I mean, some people have no issue asking for help. Yeah. Some people have a lot of issue asking for help, and I am one of those people. <laughs> yeah. And so accepting that help feels hard sometimes because I'm like, well, I should have, you know, I should have been able to work harder and do it. And I'm like, if I had worked harder, I might have killed myself. <laughs> like, yeah. I would be running myself into the ground. And so, yeah, it's just, it's so hard when our society is so imbalanced. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, something I've noticed, like, just being in our relationship with you is you feel bad about yourself when you're working and you feel bad about yourself when you're resting <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's accurate. Because you, you do tend to overcommit mm-hmm. and you, you, you work really hard. You're a really hard worker, mm-hmm. but you do so many things that you get so burnt out and you get mad at yourself for committing to so many things. Mm-hmm. And so you're not enjoying your work. Mm hmm. Um, even work that you love doing, like baking mm-hmm. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like you tend you, you you might start to resent it because mm-hmm. you've committed to so much. Mm-hmm. And then when you sit down and rest, you know, if you rest too much, enough. it ends up or <laughs> not rest too much. But if you rest for like what you feel like is well, you feel like it's too much, and you feel like you feel guilty for mm-hmm. resting too much, you know, mm-hmm. or more than what you feel like is appropriate. Yep, more than what you quote unquote deserve. Yeah, that's very on point. Yeah, I think that's a lot of us too. I mean, that's that's definitely me. Yeah. All right. So, what about you? Where do you see it in your own life? I mean, we, I, you know, I, you know, like I already mentioned, like teaching is my job, and I do like my job. My job is not my life. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I do not, I don't define myself as a teacher. Like, mm-hmm. it's something that I do, and that I really do enjoy doing. I think is meaningful, and is important but it's not my identity. And mm. I, I know so many people who make teaching their identity mm-hmm. and that's them. And that, that, that's, that's, you know, again, I'm not going to make a judgment call on that. Yeah. I look at them and I, I get exhausted personally, <laughs> but that's just not me. And I think I felt a lot of shame about that mm. for a while, mm-hmm. especially my first year of like, Oh man, I am not dedicating my whole life to this. And I kind of thought I would mm. when I was in college. And then I, you know, started actually teaching. And I'm like, no, I go home and I just, I don't think about my work at all. Mm. Like, I mean, like, you know, like there were many days, especially my first year, where I would have to lesson plan. Right. But when I wasn't lesson planning, I was not thinking about my job. I was watching Netflix or I was reading or I was at the community theater. I I was doing something. (laughs) Yeah. Or not doing anything at all. Like, yeah. As long as it wasn't work. As long as it wasn't work. Like, I just, I wasn't thinking about it. And then I thought, well, maybe next year after I get my footing, like maybe that'll be the case. And it just, it just isn't. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've come to accept that, mm-hmm. that, and I even like, like that even mm-hmm. about my, that I've figured that out so quickly of, oh, no teaching, this is not my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm so much more than my job. Like I would much rather be defined by so many other things in my job. Like, mm-hmm. like, like if I had to describe myself in five words, I don't think teaching would even be a teacher would even be on that list mm-hmm. of those five things. Yeah. Don't ask me what those things are now because I'd have to stop and think. But <laughs> I do not think, I don't think a teacher would be on that. It's just a thing that I do, mm-hmm. and I and especially in the teaching world that that's I feel like a little bit frowned upon. 
because teaching is such a noble profession mm-hmm. and it's like no like we're teachers like you know like that's yeah you, know, you gotta claim it you gotta own it like it's your it's who you are but i just it's not that's just not how i go about it it's a thing yeah. that i do and i i, I do enjoy doing it unless it doesn't mean you days. don't care about it right i do care about it. i do yeah. i have see i believe it's very important mm-hmm. especially teaching kids to read like to me there's like nothing that's like like as far as like finding meaning and purpose in your work, like teaching kids to read is like probably <laughs> top of the list as far as like yeah you know wow that that, mm-hmm. that, that like you leave the day and you're like okay that mattered mm-hmm. what I did yeah you know? mm. I but, feel like that's a healthy a healthy balance yeah but it's it's yeah. not my it's not my life though mm-hmm. you know that's not who I am mm-hmm. so if anything I'm becoming more proud of myself for being able to mm-hmm. balance that. Yeah. And yeah, so I guess, I guess the place where I would need work is uh, just the defensiveness that I feel when people bring up, you know, summer breaks or all the breaks we get or teacher pay, <sighs> which even when someone just like mentions, oh, you all get a summer break, that's really nice. Even if it's like a very like, oh, like an observation, like, oh, that's really cool. I still get defensive, mm, you know? Yeah. Because it's just like. I don't want people to think that I'm lazy or that, you know, I'm undeserving right. or mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just a, that's an area that I'm working on. And I guess, well, I'm not working on it actively, obviously, but it's something <laughs> that I need to work on. Right. So. It's good awareness. Okay, so now we're going to blow off steam, and Victoria has our questions. Yes. Okay. First question. Who is the best character, and why is it Ray? <laughs> well, I'm the just... best character is Dr. Facilier, first of all. <laughs> I was like, you said who is the best character. I'm like, whoa, that is some energy we've not brought to this segment before. And then you said, and why is it Ray? And I'm like, ah, there it is. Who's your favorite character? Dr. Facilier. He's yeah. one of the best villains he in is. the Disney I canon. I really didn't like him at first because, honestly, he scared me. But he's a very he's cool villain. He's the best villain. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a villain uh, criteria on him. Oh, for sure. To get into him more. But excellent villain. Love him. Yes. Yeah. He's great. Um, I love Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Ray's so great. Sweet. He is my second favorite character. Yeah. And he loves Evangeline. Yeah. And then at the end, it makes me cry when you see him up there as a star with her. It's just Evangeline. It's so it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's great. <sighs> okay. What is your favorite song from the soundtrack? Friends on the other side. Mm. Yeah. I Probably my favorite villain song. Like and all of the villain songs in uh that Disney has made. I think Friends on the Other Side is my favorite. I might agree. Scars would put up a Scars a is really good. Me, yeah, think. Scars is really good. But I just, yeah. man, I'm just, I'm enticed yeah. by, by Facilier's song. I like, love it. At the beginning, he's like all smooth and charming, and you're just like, yeah, like I'm just, I'm like under his spell. And then the <laughs> end, when it gets like all dramatic, it's so good. Yeah, it is. It's very good. Yeah. Um, I love, the, I do love the colors. The colors oh, yeah. are amazing. Um,. The one that I always have stuck in my head is Dig a Little Deeper. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so quick note about the soundtrack. Uh, Friends of, on the Other Side, amazing song. The songs I, I are really enjoyable when I'm watching it, but I can never remember them. Mm, like, yeah. they never get stuck in my head. Right. Which is, that's just kind of an observation. I don't I know. That's not a judgment call necessarily, but it's just like, it's one of those soundtracks where I can never like even like the bite like the down in the bayou when they're the oh. fireflies are showing them the way to Mama Odie. Right, right, right. Like I, I had to stop and think like going what is the, the going down the bayou? I'm like yeah. what is the melody of that song? Yeah, we're almost there. Like the songs are written by Randy Newman and which he did Toy Story. He did Toy Story mm-hmm. and he's I feel like he's not the most melodic mm. songwriter. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, I love Friends on the Other Side, and it like I do enjoy the songs when watching the movie, but I just I can never remember any of them to save my life. Right, it's not one. That I could you're not gonna... sing to you almost there, except for almost there. That's like that's all I can sing. I do not the words or even the melody. I I cannot recall it. Yeah, I I think I'm with you there. It's definitely one that I'm not like as familiar with. Yeah. But every time I listen to the movie, I love it. Oh yeah. It's just not one I'm like. 
I go back and listen to the yeah. way I listen to like Frozen or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but instrumentally, it's very good. Yeah. Just oh yeah, like, no, it's great. Yeah, it's so well done. Yeah. So you said which one was your favorite song again? Dig um, a little deeper. I think I'd say dig a little deeper. Okay. That's the one that gets stuck in my head all the time. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> nice. Um. Okay, and then what's the last question we had? Um, if you were to open up your own restaurant, what kind of food would you serve? Hmm. Would you have a bakery? Is that going to be yours? Um, you know, shockingly enough, no. Okay. What was yours going to be? I was thinking more of like cuisine, I guess. I don't know. I was glad you were answering first because I was still narrowing down my options. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I love Thai food. I don't know if I'd want a Thai restaurant though. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of German in my family, so maybe I should open a German restaurant, but I don't know. Schnitzel. Schnitzel. <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean, I guess if we were going off favorite food, like a Thai restaurant, but I would, I would want like people who actually know how to make Thai food and are yes from Thailand to make it though, you know. Yes. I would maybe fund it. I would like, you know, <laughs> right, get it started. But I wouldn't want to be in charge of making it. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Um... <laughs> I would question a Thai restaurant that was. Uh... A white man was coming. As you should. <laughs> um, this one's hard. See, my first instinct, instinct wants to say, like, Puerto Rican food, Caribbean food. Oh, I would name it TIE Fighters. TIE Fighters. It's a Star Wars reference. Oh, there we go. That's a good question. What would the name be? <laughs> TIE Fighter would be the name of my Thai restaurant. May the fur be with you. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> get this man out! <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, I just I love Italian food. Man, a good really pasta. Good. A good pasta yeah. with a good wine. So if I like, didn't go really with a typical answer of that. my own food, Puerto Rican, not my own food, but my people's food, Puerto mm, Rican food, because mm-hmm. it's the best. If you live in Johnson City or in the Johnson City area, check out Caribbean Grill by, by Mahoney's. Yes. So delicious. Oh, literally the best. <laughs> mm. He's only open on limited days, though, so make sure you follow them on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, follow him on Instagram, Caribbean Grill. He's he's a character, too. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. So Italian food. I think I'd what be would Italian. You name it? Oh, gosh. Oh, that one I might need some time to come back to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you've got your name and your tagline though. <laughs> oh, I, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm already I'm already uh saving the URL. <laughs> you've been listening to Spoonful of Sugar. Join us next time as we use Coco to talk about family. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. As little as three dollars a month will get you access to our bonus podcast called Extra Sugar, where we just talk about random Disney stuff that we enjoy. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya.